Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. <laughs> well, let's just abandon this. Let's just let's go to let's get lunch together. All right. <laughs> Jesus, wow! Can we just? I think we gotta respond to that word. Can we just do that? Like, if there was a part of the prophetic words are beautiful. When somebody when somebody gets a prophetic word and you feel like that could be, there's a part of that's for you. See, the Lord is speaking. When 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 Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and the Lord spoke, says, "This is my son, who I'm well pleased." I have a feeling other people heard him. And so they all got to hear what they wanted to hear, right? And so if you were there and you had ears to hear, you heard the Father speak over you. This is my son who I'm well pleased. And so, uh, hey, Billy. Um, anyway, so that, this is for all of us. If you caught some of that, all of it, a piece of it, just abandonment. Abandonment. And that's, you know what? <laughs> it's not a bad place to be. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. I'm, I'm a mess. All right. Jesus, help us. Turn to, <laughs> Turn to Mark 9. Get your Bibles out, your Bible apps out, whatever you want to do. Get your eyes on some scripture. Wasn't last week really good? Last week was just amazing. I heard stories of people during their prayer times. This is why we do this. I heard stories of a, someone getting prayer and this person said, this person started prophesying over me. I didn't want. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to. Didn't want to prophesy anybody. I didn't want to pray anybody. I just want to be left alone. But I did it anyway. And this woman was was praying over me, and um, I was. And all of a sudden, instantly, I just wanted to cry. And so I just. I, I said, Nope, I'm not going to do it. And I just looked straight, and I'm not going to do it. And eventually, it just broke down. He just started bawling, and and then the person praying started crying, and then they're all crying, and Jesus shows up, and everything's everything's ruined. Every, every, all our plans got wrecked in that moment. So that's, that's why we do that. Um, all right, amen. Okay. All right, Mark uh, 9.33. We're going to, last week we talked about, so just hold for a second. We're, last week we, we talked about, um, is there an echo? Is it, do you hear it or it's just me? It's just me. It's, it's Jesus, it, am I the echo or is Jesus the echo? This is important. This is important. <laughs> He's not supposed to echo me. <laughs> not the model. Um, <laughs> ah, this is how I get. Okay. We talked about, uh, really we talked about the four things that we do really well. or We, we go after this church. One of them is, is worship. One of them is, is preaching. And then um, it, was, uh, it was also serving and what was, oh, praying for each other, right? The four things that we do. And really, we ended with, with serving. And we talked about how Jesus served and all these. It was really beautiful. It was wonderful. We had a, a handful of people up here. And I never got to some of this, the, the scriptures and stuff that I wanted to get to. And I just felt the Lord say, let's just keep talking about this thing of being servants. And Jesus, he opened up to me There's a little bit more to this. I want to talk about Jesus. And then I want to talk about the disciples, Okay. Now, in Mark 9, 33, as we get into this, this is so good. We're just going to get wrecked by this. You guys, everybody say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Say, he prepared me, he prepared me for, today. for today. Amen. Okay, so in Mark, uh, Mark 9, 33, amen. I love babies. I'm so glad we have baby sounds and kid sounds and worship sounds and laughing sounds and crying sounds. And, okay. There's other sounds I'm glad we don't have. Um, <laughs> sorry. I need to stop saying what I'm thinking. Um, all right. Uh, verse, verse 933. <laughs> Let's get in the word. You can't lose. All right. They came to Capernaum. And when, he, and when he, being Jesus, was in the house, he began to question them. So Jesus is hanging out with his disciples and they just they just came from uh, they they just they just came from different ministry opportunities and they're tired and they're traveling around. Just contextualize this. This is a real life story, right? Don't disconnect what's actually happening. It'll help you as you understand the Bible and it'll get more out of it. 
So they're, they're, they just came, and they're t- imagine they're tired, whatever, long day of journey, ministering. And they came to Capernaum, and when he in the, in, was in the house, he, being Jesus, began to question them. So imagine Jesus is sitting around his disciples, they're lounging, and they said, what were you discussing on the way? Now, it doesn't talk about that before that, but here is the first time it mentions this. But they kept silent for the way they, uh, for on the way they had discussed with one another which of them was the greatest. So imagine Jesus just asked them this question, and they kept silent. I just think that's interesting. Like, don't miss these little moments. Like, imagine if you asked them a bunch of questions, and they didn't respond, and they were just crickets, right? And so he's like, okay, I'll talk. So he says, sitting down, he called the 12 and said to them, since you're not going to answer, I'll tell, I, I, he's like, I know what you were thinking. He says, if anyone wants to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. If anyone wants to be first. So we ha- let's back up here. So we have these really holy group of people, right? Way more holy than we are maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying they, they walked with Jesus, right? They, were, they walked hip to hip with them. They hung out with him. They laughed with him. They ate with him. They broke bread with him. And I, I'd like to think that if we did all that stuff with him, we'd be pretty dang holy, right? Like we get it, right? And yet, this is, this is the stories that we hear. Thank God for transparency in the word. We get to hear some of the areas they, uh, they messed up. Now let's go to Mark 10. So it's just a few pages over, a swipe on the phone, Mark 10.35, and says, James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus. Remember, these are the ones that called down fire on a town. All right. (laughs) James and John, John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus. Picture them coming up to Jesus, saying, teacher... We want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Just stop for a second. Isn't that fun? <laughs> we want you to do whatever we ask. Where did they, why would they say something like that? Does the scripture ask whatever you wish it will be done for you? If you love me and are called, ask whatever, and I will get something. They're just doing what they've been told to do, all right? So I'm just, if you want to ask, if you want to do the same and ask whatever you want of Jesus, you have permission right now, okay? So if you're afraid of asking for something, you have scriptural proof, it's okay. And he says to them, and he doesn't rebuke him, right? What he says is, what do you want me to do for you? What a good friend. What a good leader, right? They said to him, grant that we may sit one on your right and one on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, we're able. (laughs) And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink You shall drink, and you shall be baptized with the baptism in which I am baptized. But to sit on my right or on my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Hearing this, verse 41, hearing this, the ten began to feel indignant with James and John, calling them to himself, Jesus said, now listen, <laughs> this is the dynamics of those closely following Jesus. So if you've missed it, you're in good company. If you've tried to call down fire on somebody that wronged you, hey, that's okay. You're in good company. <laughs> so hearing this, the ten began to feel very indignant with James and John, naturally, Calling them to himself, Jesus said to them. So he was discerning this dissension. And he called them to himself. He says, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Let me say it again. 
But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for the many. So let's go back and look at what happened here. We have James and John, arguably very, fairly bold people, right? Very bold men to ask something of this. The, the, and you got to remember, the disciples have been told that the Messiah, like the, Jesus has come. He's the one. He's the one that's foretold, right? And so they're expecting Jesus to do what? Displace power, right? It's like our king has come, our savior has come, and they're like, Jesus has arrived. And not the fact that we get to hang out with him, but everybody's thinking Jesus has come to supplant the Romans. He's come to actually rule as the new king, right? Because the last king, one of the last kings they knew was King David. They knew kingship. They knew about kings, and they were missing a king on the throne. And so like, finally, we have a man that will rule and reign on the earth for us. And what did Jesus do? Not, he, that wasn't his plan. His plan was not to rule as a king. He actually wanted to be the king of their hearts. He wanted to rule and reign in everybody's hearts. And so there's a, but you got to understand the disciples hadn't quite understood what was happening. And so they're like, Jesus, when you get into power, can we sit on your left and your right? And why would they ask this? Except that it just was, it's a natural thing to do. They're hanging out with him. They're his disciples. Of course, they're going to be the ones that he chose to be in authority. Right? They're going to be the lords and the lordesses and whatever. I don't know. But so, so these are the people that are going to be in charge. And so it was natural for them to do that. And so Jesus is, is obviously recognizing what their hearts are. They want authority. They want power. They want to be in charge. Not, not like any of us want that. But I'm just saying like these people wanted that. And so there's this, there's this place in their hearts that wanted to be kings. It was just in them. It was innate in them. And they get around Jesus, and they, they ask this. Why? Because it's inside them. Innately in you is the desire to be a king, to be a queen. It's in your DNA. When the king of kings made his home in you, you had the king's DNA in you, right? And so there's innately something that, these, that the disciples were wanting to do. They weren't evil. They weren't power-hungry. Maybe they were, but... You know, not, not, not in, a, in a horrible way, I guess, in some ways. So let's go on. So, but so Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. And their response was, we're ready. We're ready. And Jesus is thinking about the path that he's about to embark on. And he's thinking about the pressure. And he's thinking about the persecution. He's thinking about the really, really bad places that he's going to have to go. And he's thinking, they're not ready. And he's thinking, you guys are ready. You, you don't know what, you, but you will have to go through this. And so, so there's something that happens. There's something that happens before you go through t- trials and, tr- and, and pressing is that your maturity is still not there yet. And one thing that trials will do for us is they mature us. And so Jesus is thinking about like, but you will be ready and you will go through this stuff. And he's, he's foretelling the maturing of his disciples right now. You see, God's got plans and blessings for your life that need you to mature in order to be able to handle. See, there's some, there's some battles and trials and persecution that you have to walk through. In fact, you will. In fact, the Bible promises that if you follow Jesus, you will be persecuted. So let's just get that straight right now. The Christian life is not one of like, you know, uh, flowers and roses and everything. It's, it's one of persecution. My buddy was telling me about this new documentary, I, I, uh, Sheep Among Wolves, I think is what it's called, and it's a, it's a documentary on YouTube about the Iranian church, and as, uh, he told me to listen, watch part two, and, 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 all, and all transparency, I haven't watched it yet, I was watching a different documentary on Moses walking through Saudi Arabia, but, but, <laughs> but we were discussing the Iranian church and how when the, the Iranian church, they, they say, you know, you Westerners, they... Uh, you convert and then you disciple people. You get them saved and then you teach them. We, we, we disciple people into conversion. And he says that when, when persecution comes, 
It's the ones that got converted and then discipled that leave first. And the ones that got discipled in the conversion, they stay. And there's something, and, and there was a, something really struck me. I don't know how this applies. It might be a rabbit trail, but I just love this story is that there was a woman and her, her and her husband, they fled and they got out of the country and they came to America and she begged her husband after being here for a time to take her back because she was afraid of getting sleepy in her faith in the American church. And I just like, I'm like, oh, that hurts in all the right ways. <laughs> See, what's it look like to be a martyr in the Western church? What's it look like to be persecuted? Maybe someone unfollows you on Instagram. <laughs> no, seriously, right? Like maybe someone doesn't like your stuff enough. Maybe you tell someone about Jesus and they say, get away from me, you're Jesus freak, or I don't know. By the way, nobody says that anymore. They just say thank you because everybody wants Jesus. Have you noticed that? But I'm saying, like, what's it look like to be persecuted in this day and age? Like, you know, like, I don't even know. Like, I, I, I want to submit that to you. Like, at, go to the Father with that. What's it look like to be persecuted today? Maybe it's these chairs. I don't know. Um <laughs> Jesus, comfortable chairs. Why? You said it was finished. Okay, sorry. All right, I'm, I'm sorry. That was bad. All right. All right, let's, let's go to John 13. It's John 13, 9. Get, John 13. Oh, I like church. I like being with here with you guys. If you weren't here, I wouldn't come. Um, but I'm, I'm being real. All right. All right, John 13, uh, 13, verse 3. You guys ready? Verse 3, John 13, verse 3. This is the Lord's Supper. We know it well. And oh, man, let's just get wrecked with this. You ready? Oh, Scripture needs to change us. It should change us every time we read it. All right, verse 3. Um, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from supper, and laid aside his garments, taking a towel and girded himself. Now think about that. This isn't a story. This is the life of Jesus. This is what happened. This is what he did. He got up, laid aside his garments, taking a towel. He girded himself. Verse 5, then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter and he said to him, Lord Oh, I'm sorry. So Peter, this is Peter. He said to him, Jesus, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. And Peter said to him, never shall he wash my feet. <laughs> Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. I want to go back to verse 3 again and just kind of highlight these couple of verses here. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, and that he and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God. So Jesus stops and he recognizes that he's been given all things from God. He just thought, he had this thought as he's breaking bread. He thinks, he ponders, I've been given everything. 
and I came from God, and I'm going to God. I've been given everything. And with this understanding that he's been given everything, he puts a towel on his arm, and he gets ready to serve. Having known who he is, and you've got to recognize something here. This is, this is God in flesh. This is, the, this, is the, this is the part that needs to wreck us at least a little bit, that Jesus came down from heaven, made himself like us, made him out, made him out to no avail, that he didn't compare himself with God. He actually came as a man in a right relationship with the Father. Think about the Garden of Gethsemane when an angel came to him. Do you remember that? And a little bit later, there's going to be an angel that comes to him when he's on his knees, sweating, and he's, and he's, and he's, he's praying, and he's intensely praying, and an angel comes to him. Do you recognize that an angel had to come to Jesus? That he was in such a place of humanity that it took an angel to come to him. He's God. Why does he need an angel? But yet he, he, he so wanted us to have a model of what it looked like to walk on this earth that he submitted himself to even needing the angels' help. And so Jesus, he, he first recognizes that I have everything. And then he moves to humble himself to these people that want to that sit on his left and his right, <laughs> that want to call down fire. And he humbles himself and says, I have to serve you. For the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom. This is the model. This is the model. I know it's getting silent here. It's good. <laughs> See, I, I, believe, I believe this. I believe Jesus knew this, this, this group of 12, especially the 11. The, the one of them was going to run away and betray him. But the, he knew this group of disciples and where their hearts were. He, see, they had seen all the miracles, right? They'd say, oh my gosh, Jesus, we saw, we saw the d- demons being cast out and healings. Everyone, everyone was healed, Jesus. In fact, we saw somebody else trying to do miracles. What should we do about that? They're not with us, right? I mean, you, see, you feel what's going on here. And the problem with, with walking in powerful Christianity... The problem with seeing miracles when you, at your hands, the problem with this, I, this thing of, God, I'm amazing, I'm amazing, son, I can do anything, you might be confused that you're called to rule over people. You might be confused that, I'm kind of a big deal. You might think that you got it all together and you know what to do and that, And that you're all of that. And so you get impressed with yourself. Have you guys ever been impressed with yourself? <laughs> See, I'm, our kids get impressed with themselves. I use a lot of kid analogies. But, <laughs> but our kids get impressed and they, you know, they, they put on a badge. Of, you know, they, play, they play sheriff or they, uh, they play Star Wars and they get out a lightsaber and they think they can beat you. My son the other day, <laughs> my, he was riding his bike and says, Dad, let's race. I'm like buddy, I'm going to win. <laughs> I'm pretty straight with them. <laughs> Hasn't backfired yet. I said, buddy, I'm going to win. I just, I'm, I am. I'm going to win. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, so, and so he's like, he's riding his butt. So we do a lot of running races around. He's like, now your turn, dad. Beat me. See if you can beat that. And I always beat him. <laughs> Like, even when we wrestle, even when we wrestle, like, I don't let him win. Um, you got to keep him on his toes. No, but what, I, I hold back a little bit, right? I hold back. I let him get a couple good shots in there. You know, I make him. When he, when he was really young, I, he pushed me, and I'd, like, fall over. And, and I'm like, whoa, you're so... But now that he's a little older, I don't do that. <laughs> but he gets really impressed with himself. He's really excited about his abilities. He's five now. He used to be three and four, but now he's five. And he's certain he can beat me. 
Listen, that's cute when you're five. It's cute. But there's a point where you grow up and you need to stop being so impressed with yourself. When we get impressed with ourselves, we start to act certain ways. We start to want to be put in certain positions, sit in certain seats. We, we, start, to, we start to think what we, what we deserve. And we start to think what we're, uh, what's the word? Um, entitled. Right? You are entitled to something. You're entitled to die. <laughs> hey, that'll preach. No, it won't. <laughs> not to many. But listen, like you're not, listen, but, that, but it's cute when you're five, right? And you're like, where's my dessert? <laughs> like, you didn't eat your veggies. <laughs> but we've got ice cream. I know we've got ice cream. You're not getting any. <laughs> Listen, we can be impressed with ourselves. The disciples were pretty dang impressed with themselves. Hey, Jesus, could I sit on your right? He'll sit on your left. We're equal opportunity. They know we'll just. And so I think Jesus took that moment because he knew what was in the hearts of his disciples. And by the way, I, I don't see a, a, a leader or a, a, that, that's leading them that's upset at them. I don't, see a, I don't see someone that's waiting to rebuke them. I don't see a, a Jesus that's got a list of, of things in the back of his mind that he cannot wait to bring up yes. when we're all behind closed doors breaking bread. Hey, guys, I've been meaning to talk to you. <laughs> I know what you were thinking. Yeah. That, that conversation we had, let, let's not have that again. <laughs> you don't know what you're about. So Jesus had to change something in them. All during worship, I don't know what it was, but I just kept singing it, and I didn't want to sing it too loud because I didn't want Tiffany to like, be thrown off sometimes because I'm, I'm, I'm loud and I'm close. And so I was just like, Lord, change us. Lord, change us. Some people would say, don't change me. I don't want you to change me. And I'm like, oh, is, is that what we're called to do? I just, I want to be changed. Now, I, don't get me wrong. Theologically, you're whole. You're made, I mean, you're holy. You're righteous. There's no changing that's really needed. But man, my mindsets and my paradigms, they do not match what he is seeing. And until they do, Lord, change me. And until they do, I'm just going to keep looking at him until I become what I behold. And so I really believe that Jesus did something so powerful that Peter had to stick his foot in his mouth. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, no, you will, don't, you're not going to do that, Jesus. <laughs> I must. I must because I have to change your thinking. You still didn't get what I tried to teach you before, so I'm going to show you now. And he takes off his garment, and he puts a towel, and knowing how abundant he is, and knowing Everything that he has has been given to him from the Father. He serves. And he makes himself the lowest. And he, I'm not going to belabor this because you guys probably know this, but he, he touches these disgusting feet. <laughs> Think about it, right? right? These aren't clean feet. These aren't, this isn't, these aren't your feet that are mostly clean. They're walking around in poop and, and mud and dirt and and he gets down and he cleans them. He washes them. And he sets a standard for who we're called to be. See, Jesus lived conscious of the limitless resources that were available to him. And then he served. Whereas you might think, I've got all this stuff. What do I need to be in charge of? What can I conquer? And don't get me wrong, you're called to conquer. See, Jesus is the King of kings, Lord of lords. So who's he the king of? So there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful side to this, right? There's the servant 
<clears throat> but we're called priests and kings in Revelations. We're the new priesthood. Did you know that? Yes. You're a priest. Yes. Grow your hair long. <laughs> no. You're a priest. And you're made in the image of the king. You have his inheritance. So what kind of people inherit the inheritances of a king? Royalty. Amen? I, I totally ripped this off from Bill Johnson, so I'm, but I'm going to say it because it's just, it's so good. It says, you, he said, you rule with the heart of a servant, but you serve with the heart of a king. I'm going to say it again. You rule with the heart of a servant, but you serve with the heart of a king. See, kings are not supposed to, uh, uh, they're not supposed to sit on their throne and with their scepter and just knock people down. Yeah. Right? Like what's the, the queen in Alice in Wonderland? Off with their heads. <laughs> they're, they're, the king that we've seen is a king that laid his life down to serve. Right? Imagine, imagine a king sacrificing his only son so that the people would live in freedom, in abundance. And that's the king our model is. And so we're called to rule. Make no mistake, you're called to rule and reign, okay? I don't get excited about pious Christians that, that don't believe they're the solution to the world's plans. You are the solution to every issue that you come across. It's in you. you are, you're that person. So if we, get a little, if we can get a little arrogant here, it's, it's in that that I have the solution in me for every problem that we'll ever run after, okay? I, 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 had, I had somebody walk into Starbucks yesterday while I was just, just reading and studying, waiting for something, and this man came up to three other people, and I don't know what he said. Eventually, he came up to me because I recognized the three people didn't give him what he wanted, and I'm just curious what's he going to ask for. He comes up to me and says, hey, would you have a little money to get me some food? I don't have enough for food. I could just buy this coffee. And I was like, man, oh man, this guy's clearly maybe homeless. I don't even know. What am I supposed to do? It's wisdom. And then I just thought to myself, what am I thinking? Yes, I've got money for food. Like, what is this, three, four dollars or something? I've got three or four dollars. If I don't have three or four dollars, I've got way other issues going on in my life. Way more than what am I going to do when you come ask me for a sandwich, right? And so I was like, yeah, I've got money. Let's go do this. And so I, and so, and so I just went up and I ordered. Like, and he's like, what would you like? I'm like, what would you like? I'm like, anything you want. And he's like, I'll take that sandwich. And the lady's like, would you like it heated up? Would you like it? Yeah, heat it up for him. Great. And I just say, man, I just want you to know you're amazing. And, and by the way, do you have any... Do you have any work right now? <laughs> you need to make some money, dude. Like, <laughs> you don't have four dollars. You've got problems. <laughs> and I'm like, and I've got a solution. Yeah. I have a solution. Clearly, I had four dollars, but I also have a bigger solution. He's like, well, I, I don't have work because I, I got stabbed when I was in prison, and now I, I, I don't have feeling in my hands. So I, I, I'm in construction though. And I'm like, well, buddy, you need to get healed. Yeah. And so I got to pray from right there. He was super excited and. And he, he said it got better. I don't know if he was pulling my leg or not, but he was in a hurry. And so, <laughs> but here's the deal. Like, I knew I had the solution to this guy's problems. You have the solutions. But you have the solution to serve. Right? I look at Bill Gates. Bill Gates made so much money. His biggest problem was, is how to give it away. So he quit his job and started a new job where his only job was to give away money. <laughs> we watched, a, James and I were watching a, a documentary where literally he's, he's like, how do, how do I give away all this money? <laughs> let, me, let me build a company around giving away my money. <laughs> what does the profit loss chart on that look like? I don't know. <laughs> Did we lose enough? <laughs> um, You've been placed in people's lives as royalty, 
doesn't do God any glory to think that you're in front of people as a worm yeah. or as the, oh, I am nothing, Lord. No, no. I put me in you. You're, you're, you're all that you need to be. You've been placed in people's lives as royalty. But because you're there to serve, it makes it so much easier for them to receive the Jesus that you carry. And that's the calling on our lives, to serve as royalty. And if you need to stop and you need to recognize everything has been given to me, limitless resources. And then you're in front of the person and you say, yes, I'd love to meet that need. I'd love to serve you. See, when you serve them with the heart of a king, I feel sorry for the people on the listen to a podcast because <laughs> they're all like, "What just happened?" <laughs> we should get lapel mics for all the babies and. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we can do whatever we want. All right, Jesus. <laughs> oh. This should just be way more spiritual than it is. Okay. See, you have an option. You have an option every time you step in front of somebody. To be wholly confident in your royalty. Imagine what that would be like. I mean, come on. Doesn't that get you a little excited about finding somebody to step in front of? Just imagining. I'm a priest and a king. Do you know who you're talking to? (laughs) How many times do you... when you, step in, when you step in front of somebody and you're aware of all your limitations and you're aware of your insecurities and you're aware of how nervous you are, are you looking at that person the way Jesus sees them? Are you looking at them like somebody else that could be royalty? No. Because when you don't feel like royalty, you're looking to bring everybody else to your level. You're looking to, be, to find a flaw in somebody so that you feel better and not so insecure. And when, you're, when you don't feel secure and accepted, you're not looking to serve. You're looking to prove. And so this is why this is just monumental that we understand what Jesus did in that moment, that he, he, he did this thing to, just, to, to change them. We have to be changed. We have to, be, we have to upgrade our beliefs in who we are. We have to recognize that we are kings and queens walking this earth to kick the devil off of it. That's why he put the devil and you in the same place. No, I'm serious. We're called to subdue the earth. That's why we're here. You're here to terrorize the devil. Your your life should make everybody a little nervous. But you don't do that from a place of, woe is me. Would somebody please, like, encourage me? I'm just, I'm nothing. In fact, don't encourage me because I feel better when I'm nothing. (laughs) At least I have something to worry about. I feel in control. <laughs> but, when, but when you're full of life, when, you're, when you know who you are, when, when, when Jesus has done washing your feet and you realize the king just washed your feet, why would he do that? Because he thinks you're something really, really special. And you remember what he said, if I don't do this, you can have no part in me. 
God just messes you up. And so when, he, when you allow yourself to be served by Jesus, when you allow him to wash your feet and to cleanse you, and really this is also just a, a beautiful picture of, of sanctification, of being clean, of being pure and holy. When you let Jesus forgive you of all your stupidity, which I'm not allowed to say that in my family, so all your silliness, when you, when you let him forgive you, when you let him get you past your insecurities, when he, when he finally is able to touch your heart and say, gosh, stop thinking those thoughts. I think you're way better than you think you are. When you can be washed by Jesus, then you get to have a, a part in him. And if you don't feel close to him, it's, it might be because you haven't let him wash you yet. So I, I don't know what that looks like for you, but get there. <laughs> Worship him. Let him speak to you. Lay down on the ground for a while and just let him wash over you because he wants you to be a king and a queen, a priest. This is the only way we're going to change this world. It's the only way you're going to change your family. Actually, you're not going to change your family. You're going to change you. And you being changed is going to impact your family. But, but it's the only way you're going to affect anything. And we serve with the heart of a king. And we rule with the heart of a servant. Every time you meet someone at the grocery store in your workplace, don't look for where you can sit. Look for where you can kneel down and serve them. And maybe it's just giving them a hug. Maybe it's buying them a sandwich. I bought a woman a coffee this, the week prior at that same Starbucks, and I didn't even tell her Jesus loves her but I served her. And I know you guys do this incredibly well, but this is who we have to be. Practically, I think about a community of believers. What would that be like if we had a bunch of kings and queens in the room that were worshiping like a king of a queen, a queen? And then when a moment happened and that needed a servant, There'd be a there'd be a rush yeah. to fill to serve that place. It's like at the airport when they say the gate's now open, you can come, in, you know. And it's like push and shove, people, push and shove. <laughs> but I, I get that's what I get excited about. I get excited about testimonies of people serving in the marketplace. But even in our community, I get excited about kings and queens going, where's the need? Where can I lay my life down? Yeah. What's that? Someone just had a baby? I can bring food. I've got money. I don't have time, but I've got money. <laughs> hey, I don't have any money, but I can make some rice and beans. <laughs> and this isn't a quick change. I just want to just put that out there. This isn't a quick switch. I don't know if you've tried to be a servant. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard sometimes. It's hard because we keep thinking about ourselves and how, well, I don't have time for that. No, I don't have time to get you a sandwich. I'm busy. Don't you see I'm busy? And you just, just recognize, start, rec come on guys, just start recognizing areas where you think you're really something special. Just start recognizing those places and just submit them to God. Let Him tell you how special you are. When He tells you you're special, all you want to do is you want to lay your life down. Isn't that right? Hmm. Let me pray for us right now. Why don't you put your hand on your heart? <laughs> Father, I'm not interested in 
Christianity and Christians that, that are impressed with themselves. That think we deserve a, a place at the table because of all that we've done. Lord, you're not impressed with a bunch of sons and daughters that tell everybody how much they know or how many miracles we've seen. You're not interested in how much we've read and how much we've prayed. Lord, you're interested in how much we've served. Have we truly laid our life down for one another so that there would be no need? Oh, Father. <laughs> Lord, help us. Help us. Change us, God. Change our thinking. Change our minds. Help us to live like kings and queens and princes and princesses. Help us to rule with the heart of a servant, but serve with the heart of a king. And let this be a journey that we forever find ourselves on. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, one last thing I want to do. <laughs> I'll let you go. <coughs> um, practically, uh, this is family. Last week, we talked practically about a goal that I have. If you weren't here last Sunday, that's okay. You got caught up. But I have a dream, and, and, I, and, I, and I think this, I want to raise this dream down the road, but for now, this feels like a really good dream. A little, bit, a little bit hard, but also I think we can do it. My dream is that half of our community is serving in this community. See, the Bible says that they will know us by our love. And it's the love for one another. It's the love inside the family. That they look in here and they see how much we love one another. Yeah. That they look and they say, oh my, like when one of you says, yeah, I, I, uh, I had this horrible, I had a, a family member die. And, and yet people came over and, and gave me food and gave me flowers. And, and pre-believers look at that and say, oh, you guys love each other so well. They just, they sacrificed for you like that? Like, yeah. I didn't even ask for it. And then they're like, can I hang out with you guys? That looks attractive to me. I promise you no one's going to be like, oh, how much do you know about God? Whoo, can I hang out with you guys more? No. But, they, but they're going to know us by our love. And I'm going to be real with you, like, the standard in the church has been like, 10 to 20% do 80% of the serving. Yeah. That is just a bummer. Yeah. And my goal, my heart is 100%, is 50%. <laughs> I'm just being real. Like it just, I, I know what gets us better. I've been around long enough. I've seen this. And I just know what causes people to grow. And man, there's nothing that causes you to grow more than getting around other people yeah. and serving from a place where you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I should be doing that. <laughs> Said nobody in here. Um, <laughs> but my goal is, is 50% of our community is serving. And, um, and like I said yesterday, if, if you're not there yet today and you're like, I, I might be the other 50%, Hey, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you that you hear from the Lord. But I might challenge you down the road. Amen? I might. But I want to challenge you guys today. This isn't, this is not a, um, this isn't an option. Church isn't a restaurant where you come in with your knife and your fork and you pound the table. Where's dinner? <laughs> nobody here does that. I know, in all, in all reality, I'm not even being cheeky. Like, nobody here would ever do that. 
But what we're going after is you, is you run into the kitchen, you say, Mom, what can I do? What needs to be done? You want to peel the potatoes? I'm not called to peel, peel potatoes. But I've got two hands, and I think I can peel potatoes. I don't have time to set the table, but I'll set the table. Because I can do anything for a season. I don't want to belabor this. I just want to challenge you. Okay? If, you want, if, if, you're, if you're feeling like, man, you're right, I need to do something, I don't know what will help you. There's, 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 we, we're trying to find places for everybody to serve. Honestly, we don't have enough positions for 100% of you guys to serve. I'm just being real and honest, all right? Like, I don't know what that looks like unless you just start going around tying each other's shoes or something, all right? But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but so we're working on opportunities so that you can plug in and you can feel like I'm serving, all right? So we have a helps team. If you want to deliver food, we're going to have a miracle hospital team where you go to hospitals. I actually have someone in San Diego that needs someone to go down there and pray for healing. If, you, if, you, if you're going to be in San Diego this week and you want to go and pray for someone for healing and you think, man, God's going to show up, let me know. Come find me today, okay? Because I have somebody that's asked me. And so I need, I need someone to be on an assignment, okay? But listen, we have lots of places for you to give your life for this family. And if this isn't your family yet, cool, hang out. You're not in that 100% yet, okay? But when you decide, I'm in. This is my crew. This is my tribe. This is, this is my jam, right? When that's you, I want you to find a way to lay your life down because you won't actually be prepared for the blessings God has for you until you start to really grab a hold of serving. All right, I'll stop there. Amen, amen. Give Jesus a hand. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.